The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you're just the rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters what matters to me well i'm gonna just go ahead and say it's it's that time of year again it is madness it is march and uh it's it's one of those things i I think i said this a while back that i was going to continue to talk a little bit about march madness uh because i think it's just madness it's craziness that they would generate all this revenue and these young men who who just make billions and billions of dollars for for them. Uh, it, you know, it'd be interesting to go sit in one of these business classes at any of these, you know, Final Four schools, and sit there and listen to some of the brightest minds in the world to teach these young people, some old folks too, about business, and see how they talk about you know. You know, revenue generating opportunities and new revenue streams and, and, and how they talk about access to, uh, to content and how they talk about uh, being connected 24 hours, which allows your, your product to be marketed and sold to anybody in any place and anywhere, anytime, and how that just is ching, 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 ching. And then for them to show how you profit when it comes to business and then to show an explanation and understand, let everybody understand who profits from this revenue that you generate, who those shareholders are, if you have shareholders. But what happens when you generate all this money? What do you do with it? Well, if you're a for-profit company, you share it with your shareholders. If you're, um, you know, a, a business and you just have, uh, a, you know, limited partners, the limited partners are the ones who get it. If you got partners, the partners if you're the sole proprietor, you get all the money. Of course, you got to pay your expenses. But it's just amazing to me that some of the brightest minds in the world, when it comes to business right now, I would love that when the madness of March comes around each year, if those universities would take the time out to have those students focus on March Madness. And then look at those young men that play ball in those classrooms and turn and look at them and say, really, dude? <laughs> you making all this money, man? And you sitting up in here in this classroom with us? You making all that? Homeboy going to look at him like, nope. I ain't making nothing. I'm just a student like you guys. I'm just sitting up in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to go catch the plane because I got to go make that money for the university in a couple minutes. But I'll be back in class. Oh, no, I won't be back for the next you know, week because... I got to make that money for the university, but, but after that, I'll be in class with you guys, and I'll, and I'll explain to you how I didn't get that money. Wow. 
March Madness, really? Some of the brightest minds in the world, and, and they got to contradict what they're being taught in school. They got to say that those rules do not apply to everybody. They teaching us in here is BS. This is BS compared to what I experienced. This isn't really how business works in the real world. Oh, they got this separate kind of rules. They got two separate business models. They got the business model out there. Oh, we of course for those pro athletes, and of course they got them for those amateur athletes. That's what we are. We're the amateur athletes. Oh. So you mean like the Pop Warner guys? You know those, those little kids that go to high school? Oh yeah, oh, you, you know you know those you know the ones we go you know on Friday nights that we go watch those guys play. That, that, that's what you you're the same same classification, amateurs. Oh, and they how many people come see them? Oh, not very many. You know it's a local high school game. Oh, I see. Okay, but do they? They go to school. Oh, yeah, of course they go to school. They, if they go to a public school, they go to the public school. And so that's, a, you know, a public education. And they play for the public team. And so, the, you know, no, there's, you know, they don't have a lot of money anyway. They certainly aren't making any money. So really, that's how that works. Yeah. So what happens when it goes to colleges? And, oh, that's a public university institution you go to? Oh, okay, I see. So what about those Thousands of people that are sitting in the stands, they pay to get in there, right? Okay, well, okay. And, and what about that? It's on TV, right? There's a whole lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So that TV money and that money from that stands, where, where, where's all that money going? Oh, oh, we see. No, we don't get that. I'm just tired of this. <laughs> it's, just, it's, like, it's just crazy. It is absolutely ridiculous for us to continue to practice this nonsense of making these young men feel like they're amateurs and people are paying so much money to see them. I can't even imagine. I'm 888-346-9144. How much is it for a ticket to go see the Final Four this year? Somebody called me for a regional game, see if I could hook them up with some tickets. You, you know, every now and then, you, you know you know somebody and you know somebody. But how much are the tickets for the Final Four to get into a game? Or, you know, you, if you buy the tickets, do you go to both games? If you, you know, if you... Don't make it out that first round. You really don't want to go to that second round. But you probably they probably make you buy both. They probably make you buy both. And then you probably end up selling the second one. You probably get mo- as much money as you got for the both of them combined. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know how much money is out there. It's just madness. I mean, and I wonder. I, I need to do a little research. Where did March Madness come in? Where did that come into play at? When did we start calling the Final Four and the episode, if you will, of the Final Four, March Madness. The episode is the entire month of March. And leading up to it, it's, just, it's, it's March Madness. You know what's really important to me sometimes when I think about that? Is it's amazing how those business people got together. Remember now, it, you go back 30 years ago, or maybe even before that, it wasn't called March Madness. But obviously they have some business people shaping this product and continuing to improve this product and to drive the interest about this product up and up and up. Like, I think TBS is doing the broadcast of the Final Four. If they don't play that song, I'm going to die. That song could belong to, you know, 
to CBS. I, I don't know. You know, one shiny moment. You know, I remember T Teddy Pendergrass. God bless his soul. I used to be a neighbor. Teddy used to drive past his. Well, you couldn't see his house. It was back around the corner. But out there in uh, Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, just a sad story. Teddy, and you know, how he had the car accident and all that stuff. But but that song, Teddy sings it. And Luther Vandross, both of the, the two of them, when they sing it, one shiny moment. Does that song belong to the... NC2A, or, 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 or is TBS going to take this championship series and not play that song? I mean, that, that, that moment, that one shiny moment, again, those are the business people that got together and put that together. And there are, I, you know, just like there are people who watch the Super Bowl game just to see the halftime commercials, there are people across the world that can't wait till the final game is over with. The champions are named, and they are going to get a chance to watch that one shining moment. Those people, oh my God, they bring you to tears. I'm not gonna lie. I come to, I'm in tears every time I watch it. It, it just connects. It resonates. Been there, done that. I guess my my one shining moment was the national championship at Ohio State, the Ohio State University, and we lost to USC 17-16. I think our Sleister bet on that game. He didn't pitch the ball. That was a shining moment for me. So I, I know what it's like to be there, and it's right there, and you try to grab it, and you, ooh. This is amazing, this product that they have, and it makes billions of dollars. And these young men, well, now, in case they're hungry, they get a little bit more to eat. They get a little bit extra money to, you know, in case they want to, you know, buy something. Maybe if there's a holiday, which, you know, if you lived in California and you went to school on the East Coast and it's a holiday, you know, you couldn't go home because you, you can't afford to do that. And they weren't allowed to pay for you to travel. I think now they pay a little, you know, get your airplane flight to go home and come back to school. But <laughs> it is... I, I got to get, I'm going to find a professor, a business to come on this show and talk to me and explain to me, do you ever have your kids talk about that? How do you explain that to those young men who play basketball, particularly, let's just talk about basketball. How do you explain them March Madness and the money that they generate and the fact they don't get any of that? They get a couple pennies, but you know, relatively speaking, they don't get anything. But you can pay these coaches millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And you could take the money that they earn, that they generate, and pay somebody else's scholarship. That is, come on. It's madness. Burger King wouldn't do that for McDonald's. Burger King would look at McDonald's and say, oh, hi, you can't sell no burgers. Oh, shame on you. Oh, we, ain't, we ain't giving you none of our money. Okay, I'm getting, it's, it's getting mad up in here. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to try to relax. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this break and we're going to come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is March Madness. I'm just mad about it. I'm going to continue to stay mad about it. It's one of those things where if you don't have a voice or somebody doesn't voice an opinion on your behalf, you're going to continue to be exploited. You're going to continue to uh, to be manipulated. You know, things will not change for you. And, and young college students, student athletes in particular, at the Division One level of football and basketball, is where they're really being exploited and being taken advantage of. Like nothing else in in, in the United States, for sure. There's nothing else you could look at like in the United States, you know, and take that that model, if you will, business model, if you will, because. You know, 501c3s, not-for-profits, or whatever you want to call them, uh, they still have a business model. As a matter of fact, the National Football League was a not-for-profit and converted to a for-profit. I don't think they switched the, the status from a 501c3, which somebody told me, to a 501c6. I think they changed it completely to a, a for-profit company. Because it was, it was difficult for them to justify. How do you have somebody like a Roger Goodell that you pay $40 million, and he's an executive, at the National Football League, and it's a not-for-profit. And you're paying this guy $40 million? You know, they, they just couldn't, it's hard to make that argument. And so if the same thing goes and holds true when you talk about these student-athletes. You know, I don't care what anybody does. In business, when they do something, there is a cost justification. You can justify what you're compensated based upon the contributions you make to the business. And so therefore, I mean, that's what unions do a lot of times when they stand up for their, uh, for their union members or what they contribute to this business. You know, they contribute enough that they should at least get this much per hour. You know, they should get these kinds of benefits. And so that union negotiates on behalf of those players. That's what the Players Association does for the National Football League players. When they sit down and negotiate with the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, and I think hockey too, and they say, listen, based upon the fact of what our workers are contributing to your product, this is what we want in return. 
at the college level, there is no body, when I say a body, an organization that does that on their behalf. Nobody sits down to negotiate. It's like a lot of times, if you're not happy with your job, then you go to another job. I understand that. Uh, Sometimes if your employer is not happy with you, then they fire you. I, I understand that. At the college level, they come, they pursue you, they recruit you, they tell you they want you. And they tell you all these other things, which some of them we can't go into, even though this is the internet, I still don't want to go into all those things they talk about. But they're broken promises. There are things that they promise to take care of that they really don't take care of. And, and financially, the contribution, listen, coaches, listen, it's the same thing. Remember when we were younger, you know, gasoline was cheaper. A couple of weeks ago, gasoline was cheaper, but it, it, it went up. You know, there's, there's, you know, listen, there's a demand and there's a supply and then there's other factors that come into that, but they make the cost adjustments. You know, remember, I remember Converse and I, I just never will forget this. When Converse first came out, you know, they were the, the Nike of today. Converse cost $9.99, $10.35 plus tax. I just, ne- I, it's almost like I have that written down in my hand, my palm. I will never forget it because that was like a million dollars to me. I'm sorry, but in the hood back in the day, ten thirty-five to walk out the door for some sneakers, it was like, yes, this, this. I hope those sneakers do everything for you. I hope they feed you. Uh, I hope they dress you. You know, I, I hope they can they can walk for you. You know, they need to do everything for you because that's a whole lot of money for a pair of sneakers back in the day. Well, it's relative. Fast forward, and now those same sneakers look the exact same. Chuck Taylors look the exact same now. I think they're forty bucks now. I think they're 40 bucks. And that's the, on the low end. You know, that might be the low top, high top, whatever, you know, but, that, but they look the same. They, they haven't much changed. Look at a basketball ring. And I, I can tell you this my high school, Kent McKinley High School, still plays in the same basketball arena now that they played in when I was in high school. Same basketball arena. I think the ticket price is a little bit more. The guys still, there's 15 of them on the team. They still play with a round basketball. I think the same rims are up there. Maybe they put some new rims up, new backboard, whatever. You know, but it's, it's the same place. And yet and still, the price has increased. You know, maybe utilities cost a little bit more to heat the place, cool the place, whatever it is. The stadium, we ain't going to talk about the stadium because I told you last week, I believe, stadium has changed a little bit. Baseball fields. Some of the kids in Canton, Ohio, are still playing on the same baseball fields that I played on when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, the last time I was at home, I went past Fisher Foods baseball field. Fisher Foods is a grocery store, grocery store chain there in Canton, Ohio, Fisher's. And, um, and so the field is Fisher's Field. And uh, it didn't look like it's in the best shape in the world. It looks a whole lot different now than it did back then. Back then, it looked like, you know, Yankee Stadium to me. Uh, it was the field of which I won my first championship on in baseball. And uh, we went on to win the city championship. But that field, it's the same size. It hadn't got bigger. The fence is in the same place it was before. I never hit one over the fence. At least not in, in the game. In practice, I did. Um, my brother hit a whole lot of them over the field, over the fence. Got a lot of what we call back in the day pop, eight packs. But my mom loved them for that. I did too. I got a pop, but I got teased because I'd never hit home runs. But he set the bar for me. Thank you, Roy. But but I will say this. Baseball, 
still just takes, you know, a bad ball, gloves, all that type of stuff. Not that much expensive. Look how much money the coaches are making in baseball, football, basketball. They're making their money. At the professional level, they're compensating those guys for that. At the college level and at the high school level, coaches are making more money. I don't know. A high school, I can tell you that these same coaches that are coaching high school football now, some of them may have coached when I played. Some of these coaches are still doing the same job with, this, you know, with different kids, but still teaching them because the basic fundamentals of the game have not changed. They are the ones that are coaching the amateurs at the high school level. Have, there's, have their salaries increased like that? See, this is what I'm talking about, just cost justification. If the college coaches, and some of them who were in college coaching, okay, Nick Saban, I'm going to call him out. Nick was my defensive back coach my senior year. Nick Saban was my defensive back coach at The Ohio State University. He was my secondary coach. Nick Saban now makes $5 million. Nick Saban is doing, he's the head coach now. He was the assistant coach then. He wasn't making it. I doubt Nick made $50,000 then. And that was 1980-81 season. Fast forward to now, he's, he's, he's the head coach now. Earl Bruce, who was the head coach, wasn't making $5 million back then. Now, now Nick Saban is driving down to Canton, Ohio, to see those same kids. Well, no, he's not. He's down there in Alabama, so he's flying up. Maybe looking at some of those kids from Camp McKinley High School and talking to a different coach, because there's about three, four, five different coaches at McKinley since this time. But those coaches are doing the same job that they were doing when Nick was at The Ohio State University in 1980. They are probably getting about the same amount of money they were getting in 1980. Maybe they're getting a couple hundred dollars more. They're not getting millions. So how are you going to justify the coach that he, at high school, was preparing the athlete to turn him over to Nick Saban? Nick Saban is now in the same position. Well, let's say he's just a head coach, but he's got a secondary coach. That secondary coach now is making close to a half a million dollars. How do you justify the high school coaches doing the same thing that they were doing 30 years ago and not getting paid the money? And they're coaching amateurs, but the college players and coaches, the coaches are still coaching amateurs, supposedly, and they're getting millions. And the high school guy is not getting that. They're both coaching amateurs. They're both doing the same thing they were doing 30 years ago. But how are you justifying paying this guy what he's making, and you don't do the same thing on the high school level. See, let's go, now it's all about the education. Okay, so let's take this to the classroom, and you make your business case. What's your business model? How has it changed? These, everybody's still coaching amateurs, but yet and still, these guys are making this much money, and these guys are not. And then the athlete's not getting his money. There's something wrong with that. And I'm just using, I, I skipped over, I got off of March Madness in football, I mean, it moved over into football to make the example, because I, I have close association with those people, so I can use them as a part of my argument. But I could certainly say the same thing for basketball. It hasn't changed. This, it's the same scenario. You're just taking that ball, you're taking it from a football, and you're replacing it with a basketball. Nothing else has changed. That basketball arena I was talking to you about in Canton, Ohio, that's the same arena they play in high school. That's the same arena as those guys have left Canton McKinley High School and gone on to college and in the pros. Same, high, same, same arena. 
Eric Snow played in, left there and went to Michigan State. Next thing you know, leaves Michigan State, goes to Philadelphia, you know, and, and, and making it happen, handing it off to Allen Iverson. So, so Allen was a two-guard, Eric was a point. Boom, give it to him. Boom, make it happen, Allen. Boom. Come on, really? Stop the madness. I'm going to continue to advocate. I'm not trying to get any money for myself. But that's not what this, this world is all about. This world is about making things better. It's about changing. Just because you were doing something before does not make it right. Just because you could exploit somebody and get away with it does not make it right. There comes a point in time where somebody has to stand up for somebody. I want to be that voice to say, you know, Ray, he, he always stood up for us. I'm about to leave here and, and go down to a university down the road here to talk to them about these young men that I am so passionate about. You need to focus on developing these young men. You can't just pass them through your system and use them up and then turn them back over to society. And the way they came into you, there's no development in this person. You didn't, make, you didn't take them with the exception of age and make them from boys to men. The only thing that happened was they got older. That doesn't make you a man. There's supposed to be people that are supposed to be working with you to help conform you, to change you, to give you some inside perspective of what life is going to be. I've been through that tunnel. I know what's going to happen when you walk through there. I've been on this earth long enough that, you know, do you know even in universities, you can go to college and you actually can, <clears throat> can go in, sign up, enroll, and throughout the period, they can talk to you about your life experiences and you can actually get credit for what you have done and experienced in life. Those people at those universities need to help you through that experience and shape and mold you to make you a better person. And one thing is not to send somebody out there ill-prepared to think that you can do something for somebody and they can manipulate you and take advantage of you and not have to pay you for what you deserve. You worked hard enough you deserve that. It's a benefit that you earned. The madness is still going on, so I will continue to go on, but I'm going to have to take a break. So we're going to come back on the other side. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, March Madness, that's what matters to me. And that's what I'm discussing here. And I hope you're enjoying, you know, as I share this information with you from a very passionate position that I happen to have and will maintain that position and, until things are changed or fixed. Uh, I want to give a good shout out my, my good dear friend, uh, the good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk, uh, the original Tim Tebow. Uh, just gave me a call. I said, man, I'm on, I'm on the air, man. I'm doing the show. I got, I'm going to have to call you back. So, <laughs> no, I didn't tell him all that. I just said, uh, Pastor, I'm doing the show now. Can I give you a call back? So, uh, I'm going to call him back. But want to give him a shout out. Always doing a great job out there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. One of the greatest... Uh, uh, men that I've met in my life here done so many great things for so many people there in the city of brotherly love. Uh, you know, the first person, the only person I ever knew, uh, you know, today guys walk away from the game. I mean, after all, I, you know, there's a lot of things when you do in life, you're doing for a purpose. What's the reason? What's the purpose you're doing what you want to do? And, and, and so, you know, Back then, you know, of course, we, we wanted to just be on this huge stage that was the National Football League. Uh, and, and for some of us also, we wanted to make more money than we probably would have made if we'd worked in corporate America at that time. Although my rookie year, I'm, I'm never, I've always told people this. My rookie year when I came out in 1981, I made $30,000. There were people that were leaving the Ohio State University, going to work for IBM, that were making more money than I was. But... I was blessed. I was playing pro football, but I was living a lie because a lot of times I was living this lie that I was told because a lot of times you, you, you look on TV and you know that entertainers and actors and movie stars that, you know, that so they're celebrities. So they got to be millionaires. The same thing happened in the music business. Those those people, those kids, a lot of them used to say, how could we sell millions of dollars and be broke? You know, how can we sell three million records and we got, you know, $50,000, you know, really? So things change. Athletes today make more money. Uh, but the good Reverend Doctor walked in to Coach Ramil and told him, you know, Coach, I, I, you know, I got a call and, and, and I'm going to have to answer that call. Well, what he was talking about is he had had a call on his heart to answer the call for the ministry. His father uh, was, was a Baptist preacher in Seaside, California, uh, the original H.H. Uh, <laughs> Luss, and, uh, and Pastor Luss is, uh, is, is junior. And so he, uh, he got a call from, from the Lord that this is where I want you to go. Go this way. 
uh, leave that. That's that's been good for that time. But I, I got some bigger and better things for you to do. And I, will you do my work? Pastor answered that call. Told, he was not cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was going to make that team. But he walked in. I think it would have been his fourth year. He played three. This would have been his fourth year. Walked in, told Coach Vermeil, um, he was going to answer that call. And uh, it's, it's really funny because, I, you know, we're, we're very close friends. So, and I know his dad. And, um, and so, <laughs> you know, he told me that he, his dad told him, son, uh, that call you got, I think they had the wrong number. <laughs> you, you need to hang up and can take your butt out there on that football field. And uh, we laugh about that. But uh, no, but his father supported him and continued to, continue to support each other throughout this day. So that, that's who that, that called me. I don't know if you guys heard the phone ring or not. But anyway, so let me get back. I'm going to get off the madness for a little bit. But you, guess why? Because I transitioned. I had a, a man of faith call me. And now it's time for me to talk about a team of faith that had somebody uh, on their team at one time. They had great faith in that man. And he was Tim Tebow. And he played for the Denver Broncos. And Tim couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. And there's a tie in there because Josh McDaniels is from Ken McKinley High School. I've been talking about Ken McKinley a little bit earlier today. Uh, but now I'm going to talk about the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos has done something and and I, and I like the big boy show. Just so you know, I like the big boy show. And, and I, I always told you guys that, uh, you know, it bothered me when, when, when Stuart Scott passed away because I saw the man and I, I, I was intimidated by the man uh, just because of who he was at that time. When he represented, he did his job so well. It was, it was as smooth as the other side of the pillow. And, and to see and somebody I idolized. It was hard for me to open my mouth to stop him, and he, had, he was just recovering. And I tell this story a lot. I tell it as many times I can. I don't care. And I let him go by. Now he's in heaven. I'll see him when I get there, but I won't ever let that happen again. So another person I admire is Stephen A. Smith, and, and I like Skip too. If I see Skip, I'm going to do that. So I, I introduce myself to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith didn't know me from Adam. Didn't care. He, I mean, he, he was, it was when the Super Bowl was out, he was, he was caught up in his work. And so I didn't go in to try to make him, hey, this is Ray. I, but that wasn't what this was about. It was about me being able to say, I saw Stephen A. I went up, got my handshake, talked to him for a couple seconds, boom. It's on my bucket list. Made it happen. Wasn't afraid. Wasn't intimidated. I will see this, I would do the same thing when I meet Skip. But I will say this, uh, on the big boy show this morning, they were talking about the Denver Broncos and Mark Sanchez. Now, I would, I'm okay. Can you believe I'm talking about Denver? Really? And here it is. I think this is, what, 30 years for me ago that, you know, this thing kind of happened with Denver. I still got that thing in my mind. I can't remember a whole lot. In fact, my wife said I got CRS. In case y'all don't know what that is, it's can't remember shit. That's what CRS means. Somebody tell you you got CRS. It probably will be a gentleman. It'll be a woman that will tell you you got CRS. In case you don't know what CRS is, I'm explaining to you again. It means you can't remember shit. Okay? So I can't remember a whole lot of shit. But there's some things what you do is you play them over in your mind consistently. You have things around your house that remind you of them. You see them. And so it's hard to forget some of those things. But then other things you you may forget, my brother and sister, and yeah, okay, you know they really upset with me because I forgot a lot of stuff. But anyway, the Denver Broncos, I can remember that we lost to them 30 years ago, and I don't have a Super Bowl ring. But 
the Denver Broncos have progressed. They've made some changes. They've, made, they've won some Super Bowls, you know, and they just won one recently. And, of course, then they lost to the great Peyton Manning. So what do they do now? Now, now and, and I guess John Elway. See, this is what you have to do with John Elway. Is you had to you got to give John Elway a little bit of credit, guys, because I'm not going to necessarily say that this is a man that his ego gets in the way of doing what is the right thing, because I even know from playing against John Elway that even when John played football, John's ego didn't get in the way, and that's why he won championships. Because an ego would, would, would put a person in a position where they would throw interceptions where they know they shouldn't have been trying to complete that pass. They, they, they would put their team in jeopardy by throwing passes in the direction of people that they're covered. Don't, you know, sometimes you do, when you got a great receiver like Shannon Sharp, you got to let them make plays for you. You got to trust them they're going to make plays. I've been a receiver. I know what that means. What that simply means, let me explain that to you. You got a great receiver. You throw the ball in his direction. He covered. He's going to guarantee you this. Either I'm going to catch it or it's going to be incomplete. I'm not going to let him or them intercept that pass. Now, you got to make sure that there's not somebody who cuts in front of him. But if you're going to throw it up or in the vicinity of him and it's just him and another person... He's athletic enough that he can tell you that's not going to happen. That's the kind of wide receiver I was when I was a little kid. I had a great quarterback who went on to be a doctor, went to Tulane University, broke all those records. But, but that's, what a, that's the kind of chemistry that you have with a receiver and a quarterback when it's just the kind that you trust in them. You th- you, they don't know up in the stands, why, why did he throw this? When I was, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. So when John Elway... Bought Peyton Manning man. John Elway understood what was going on with Peyton. John Elway didn't care nothing about the ego. The ego of Peyton Manning, the, the talent that Peyton Manning was and history of, is he going to replace John Elway as the greatest quarterback the Denver Broncos ever had? John didn't care about that. He was now working on his legacy as an executive. And so, therefore, he took the risk and he bought Peyton Manning in. And then he allowed the coach to insert Peyton back in the lineup. At a time that was necessary for them to win the game because he understood what Peyton was going to do at this time. You can believe him and Peyton had a conversation. Now, come on now, Peyton. I, I can't put you out there, man, and you, you know, throwing interceptions. You, you just can't do that. These are, these, are, these are certain plays we can, you know, put in, 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 the, in the playbook for you. And, and we're going to allow you to do that. But, but don't lose the game for us because you throw interceptions, you... you I used to tell Arch Lister all the time, all right, throw the ball away. Just throw it away. Take a, you know, don't, even, don't take sacks. Don't, I, don't believe, don't, I don't believe a quarterback should take sacks. I don't believe a quarterback should throw interceptions. That's why one reason why, because I don't believe a quarterback should take sacks, I do not like the rule in the NFL just because the quarterback's in the pocket. Why can't he throw the ball away? That's why so many quarterbacks get hurt. If they throw the ball away, it's not to the advantage of the offense really. You know, other than the fact, yeah, he, he could have got sacked for like 13 yards or 10 yards. Well, okay, so that's okay. But it was an incomplete pass. It wasn't like he, you know, com- the ball went down the field further. He threw it away. So, anyway, John Elway looks at Peyton. Great man, great quarterback. Know he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Need him on my team. Win a Super Bowl. Osweather, however you pronounce his name, I think that's right. Let's him go. Now, now John knows the system. 
John knows he could have put the tag on that man. And uh, I know, but we got a linebacker we got to take here too. But John also knows, okay, well, listen, well, then let me go ahead and pay my linebacker and, uh, you know, let me just put the tag on him. John knew everything that all the dynamics that was there he knew. He, he let it play out the way it did. So now he brings Mark Sanchez in. Here's where I want everybody to understand. I'm a little concerned about this part. What I do know, I don't like when they say one position is more demanding and takes a little bit more intelligence in another position because I, I don't care what you say. There's not a position on the football field that no dummy is going to play. You just can't do it. And with the playbook you got now, you really can't do it. So it takes intelligence to play any position. The demands of the position physically on you. Now, I might say that the quarterback position might be one of the least amounts because, you know, how many quarterbacks you know out there that are real serious studs? Mm, it don't happen, man. Look at them the way they run. Look at them the way, you know, that's a few things that they do that are unique. Well, they have that excuse. They can throw that ball. And they, 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 they can perform under pressure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about why I think this decision that John made was maybe good for the team. But at the same time, you can't big boy show. You can't contradict yourself by saying the most demanding position in football is a quarterback position. But you're going to bring somebody in for the first year and think that they could outperform last year's quarterback and even take you to a Super Bowl and win. Now, outperforming Peyton, I might understand that, but to take you to a Super Bowl and win in your first year in this system and you're coming from a, another team, you weren't even like, it's not like you were the starter or I mean, you were the backup and they put you into the starting lineup. I don't know if Mark Sanchez can pull that off. But I tell you what, we're going to gonna discuss that. I'm going to go through a couple of things real fast because it's going to be the last segment of the show. We're going to take this break, come back, listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, just want to uh, tell you, of course, what matters to me, March Madness. The madness must stop. Uh, it will stop when there's a champion, of course, this month. Um, the basketball season will stop, but the business model must change. I'm going to continue to advocate for those young men out there. And, um, you know, some of those young women out there are doing a good job, too, but it's, it's, it's business. It, you teach them how business works. And when it doesn't work, then they will understand. It, you know, it's like for you to teach these kids in your business classes that you can open up your restaurant. And your restaurant, you know, you could do the best you possibly can. And it could be a, you know... I don't know, right next to you, um, it could be um, a steakhouse, a great steakhouse right next to you. And they could be doing a ton of business. And you could be doing a fraction of what they're doing. As a matter of fact, hmm, you're on the verge of closing down. And you know what? That business is going to say, no, we don't want you to close down. We want to help you. We're going to give you some money. We're going to keep you. We're going to continue to give you money. As a matter of fact, we're going to give you money all the time. Sorry, your business is not working, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be successful. You don't, people don't have to come in and buy product from you. That's not how it works. We give you some of our money. We're making all kinds of money over here at the steakhouse. You know, we're just going to give you. We're just going to give you because you're a business like us, so we're just going to give you some, some money. That's what we're going to do. See, that's what, that's what they do in college. They, they, they take a sport. I, I don't know. You, you name it. I don't know. One of those sports that doesn't make a lot of money. And the football and the basketball teams have to fund that team because they're not, they got to pay for those scholarships because, just because. That's the only reason why they, can, they I guess they call it Title IX, whatever they call it, whatever they, they think it's fair, it's what's right. Well, that's not what you teach us because I told you I'm a proud member. I own a chain that says I was an intramural basketball champion when I played at The Ohio State University. I wasn't good enough to be on the basketball team, so I didn't get a scholarship to play basketball. But if I wanted to play basketball in college, there was an opportunity for me to play basketball in college. I could play intramurals. That's what I don't understand. That's where the whole amateur stuff just blows me away. Because how can they be amateurs and the guys who fill up the gym and the stadium, they're both amateurs. I don't remember anybody coming to see me play at the intramural game. Didn't stop me from playing as hard as I could and winning my championship. But I don't remember stands being packed. In fact, we didn't even have seats. We played in Larkins, I think, for those who you remember, the Ohio State University, Larkins Hall. I think that's where we played our basketball games at. There was, didn't nobody come to the games? We played it because we loved playing and we wanted to play. So it was intramurals. Those people who love sports for the sake of just playing it, they will play it. They don't need a scholarship to play it. Those people playing, you know, 
college football and college basketball, they're playing it. They love it, yes, but they're good enough that they know they could do it and get paid for it. So they earn their scholarship with it by playing it. Again, another example just to give you, okay, if the scholarships were free and everybody thinks it's a free ride, then why is a guy who's in the room next door to me not going to basketball practice with me? Why is he not going to football practice with me? Why is he not going to lift weights with me? Why is he not working out in the summertime with me? Why is he not doing the same things that I'm doing? He's getting up in the morning. He's going to class. His class is over with at 1 o'clock. And then the rest of the day, he's chilling, studying, eating lunch, having fun with his friends. Uh-uh, not me. I got to go to football practice, go to basketball practice, and I got to go to study table. Then I got to do some more. I got to get up in the morning and run and lift weights. He's not doing that. It's not free. It's contingent upon you doing what's required of you by the football team that you get this education. Those people get academic scholarships. It's required for them to keep their grade point average up to 2.0 or better, maybe 3.0 or better, and they keep their academic scholarship. They don't have to play football, football, basketball. There are such, some guys out there that make academic All-Americans, which means they've got 3.5s or better, and they're playing ball. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone. So just let me, let me just, if I will. I told you all about Mark Sanchez, right? Uh, and I, I just want to say this. There's no way that the big boy show really believe that Mark Sanchez can come in there to the Denver Broncos and lead them to a Super Bowl next year. Can't happen, won't happen, hasn't been done before. It just, it just will not happen. Mark Sanchez is not going to a Super Bowl victory. No, that's not going to happen. They're not even going to make it next year to the Super Bowl. No, they got a great defense, yeah, but, you know, all those things happen. It's like when everything falls in place, your injuries, you know, you, you got to win your games. There's some luck. There's preparation. There's chemistry. It's got to be a new chemistry with these receivers. And he's just got that's – not, that's not going to happen. So let's forget that. But let me go on. There's a couple other things. I just want to get this in real fast because they, my Cleveland Browns got a new quarterback, RJ3. Now – they also got a new head coach. And I believe that the coach and the player together can do something special. RG3 just has to play smart physically. He also has to, any, a lot of quarterbacks, you should look at, just look at the championship, look at the Super Bowl that Peyton Manning played. And look at the way he played the game. Peyton Manning basically, and I'm not going to say he managed the game. He didn't manage the game. The game was managed from the sideline. His execution was such that he did not put his team at risk. That's what you do when you play the position of quarterback. You minimize and eliminate risk. And, and, and if RG3 can do that with Cleveland and keep them in the game because Again, if you go if you go ahead and you and you gather all the statistics and the analytics, you'll find out that turnovers will cost you ball games. You can't win in the National Football League if you turn the ball over. If you reduce the turnovers, just look at those people who win championships, they reduce their turnovers. If you can get the team to stay on the field, extend their drives, you can win championships. So what the Cleveland Browns are going to have to do is eliminate their turnovers. They're going to have to play great defense. They're going to have to play great defense, but eliminate those turnovers. Sustain drives. And you will find out 
and your quarterback has to play in such a way that he doesn't put himself at risk and doesn't get injured, and the Cleveland Browns can compete. I mean, after all, you know, Cincinnati is, is a good team. Pittsburgh is a good team. So you're going to have to play good football in that division to win. And, of course, the Ravens aren't sh- too shabby either. So that's a very competitive division that you're in. But, and it's not the NFC East. It's, it's what the NFC East used to be. I, I will say that. That's what that division reminds me of, what the NFC East used to be. It's cold. You know, they'd run the ball a lot. But what you have to do is you have to be able to win your division to get into the playoffs. And that winning that division is, is not going to be easy. But I think RG3, RG3 may be able to handle that if he's, if he's strong enough mentally. Because there's a dog pound out there. They're going to be, they're going to be there. Once, once you're on that team, they don't care who you They're going to love you. Whoever you are, they're going to embrace you. So they're going to embrace him. I just hope, hope that him and he, they, they can get things done. Mr. Jackson, you can, get, you can, you can make it happen. <laughs> In the heart of it all, you can make it happen. RG3, we're going to pull for you, man. We're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you a chance. Because after all, what, what do we got to lose? We've been the most devastated NFL team in the history in terms of the way we lost the game. So devastating. So just relax, take your time, play ball, be the person you are. Be respectful to those fans. They're going to love you. They're going to embrace you. And you could win some games. You could surprise a whole lot of people. You're gonna be, I don't know if you're going to be under the radar, but we'll be there for you. I'm sorry, guys. I got to go. It's that time. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.